As humans, we are destined to experience trauma. It is in our nature to respond to it accordingly. This is why we're so adaptable, because we have the innate characteristics to handle and move forward through adaptations. So we can learn to use your trauma as a learning experience, something that will shape you to become an even bigger and better you. Hello, and welcome to The Expat Therapist, the show that helps wanderlust women prioritize their mental health and live their best lives abroad. I'm your host, Arielle Roberts, a licensed clinical therapist and a fellow expat. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips, insights, and real-life conversations with inspiring women who are making the most of their international adventures. Whether you're a seasoned expat or just getting started, this podcast is for you. So grab your journal, Get cozy and let's dive in. Today, I want to talk about trauma. I've been doing a lot of trauma work with my clients recently, and it's opened my eyes about how trauma affects us naturally, but also how it follows us everywhere, even in an international move. And sometimes that can be so hard to deal with when you're away from your support system or the systems in general that you may have used to previously cope with said traumas. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my experiences. Being an American, there has been a lot of gun violence going on in the U.S. For those of you who are obliviously unaware of the incredible lack of gun regulation in my home country, it has become quite a problem. Now, I don't want to be political, So I'll just casually mention that this is one of the many reasons that I feel so honored to be able to expose my son to a different environment where I don't have to worry about school, store, daily shootings. Fortunately, I've never been in a shooting. I think the closest thing for me was growing up in a neighborhood that would shoot guns at midnight on New Year's Eve. And so my dad would have us all sit underneath the window panels so that if anything ever broke through the window, we wouldn't be in target range since floating bullets are unpredictable. I have had many conversations with my father, a now retired police officer, about gun usage and what to do when or if there is a gun or a shooting, which has led me to also have these conversations with my son more so because he spends still an ample amount of time in the States throughout the year. Reading and watching the news sometimes obsessively, especially when shootings are happening in an area that I used to live or in an area of a loved one, it has become something I am hypersensitive to. But for me personally, it can be really scary when I hear loud and sudden noises. I found myself sometimes being triggered living in Spain when fireworks go off. Now, in Spain, Fireworks are like a daily event. They're used here for absolutely any and every celebration. So for weddings, baptisms, communions, if you're hungry, sleepy, want attention, etc. In the month of March, there's a celebration called Fias. And every single day from the 1st to the 31st at 2 p.m., there's the Mescaleta, which is an eruption of fireworks in the center of the city of Valencia. It's an event where hundreds of people gather around to hear slash watch. But throughout the day, especially during FIAS, at any given time, people are doing fireworks. 
I have noticed a physical reaction for the last two years whenever there are random, unexpected fireworks. And it took me a while to make the connection that my armpits itching uncontrollably is due to my thoughts of, oh my gosh, do I need to hide, run, where's my kid? And so I've had numerous talks with my husband and my son about what to do if there is an active shooter. Like I just mentioned, more so because my son still spends time in the U.S. But it makes me so sad to have to use or have these type of types of conversations with an eight-year-old. But I would rather us be safer than sorry. So this is a personal trigger for me. Not necessarily attached to a past trauma, but nonetheless a trigger. So I want to give a little bit more background and psychoeducation on trauma and triggers. For me, when speaking of trauma, I usually describe to my clients that our brain is filled with memories from our entire life. We have a filing cabinet in our mind space full of each individual memory. Some stand out more than others, but they are all there. I help my clients recall traumas by thinking of their filing cabinet full of memories and identifying which memories elicit a negative feeling, emotion, thought, or physical reaction. By simply thinking of this memory, you might have a negative or sometimes traumatic reaction. A not-so-good feeling arises within you, maybe just emotionally, or sometimes a physical reaction. That can be a trigger response, and it can be brought up by the memory, or a specific person, or an event, or an environment. Some can be triggered by the time of day related to a traumatic incident, or a smell that is memorable to that situation. I once worked with an alcoholic in recovery who was doing a phenomenal job. But one day we were discussing an incident that had happened to trigger him. He was walking into a grocery store in an unfamiliar area and he was on the phone. A wave of emotions came over him and he felt the desire to drink. He was really caught off guard. So he ended his call, he walked to the bathroom and he called his sponsor. He described the situation he was in and his sponsor helped calm him down and had him retrace his steps. When my client rewalked his path, he found that he was distracted by the phone call and realized that the feeling that flooded him came when he subconsciously walked by the liquor aisle, which was placed on the opposite side of the grocery store than what he was used to. He normally avoids walking into this chain store on the left side because the first aisle is usually the liquor aisle. However, in this unfamiliar store, the layout was different, and the liquor aisle was immediately front and center on the right side of the store. Him being distracted on the phone caused him to not be mindfully aware of the trigger until he walked back safely with his, his sponsor. And so this is why it's so important to be mindful and aware of your triggers. They can be so much more powerful and take a hold of you when you are unaware but when you become mindful of them, you can proactively set up steps to protect yourself. Cultural appropriation can be triggering for expats because there are different types of power dynamics or the erasure or misrepresentation of cultural identities or even lack of education on some historical pains from other cultures. If an element of one culture is taken out of context, it can evoke feelings of disrespect, marginalization, and invalidation. As humans, trauma is something we will all face at one point or another in our lifetime. 
If you have trauma with something that is deeply rooted into your cultural heritage, you might find it distressing when aspects of that culture are exploited. So another personal example I can share is that I was recently sent a picture of a festival that took place in Valencia, Spain. My friend, another expat from the Netherlands, asked me if the photo, which mimicked a KKK clan, was actually a real event celebrated amongst the Valencians. So I was unfamiliar with the clothes that were worn and unsure how to research the meaning of of the costumes and what they represented. And my husband was also unsure, but this could be extremely triggering to someone of African-American descent. And being triggered can manifest as feelings of anger, sadness, frustration, or even re-traumatization. So it is very important to acknowledge and address these effects to create a more inclusive and respectful environment. Just like that example, you may find other culturally appropriate things in your new country that may bring traumatic responses from situations or things such as traditional clothing and accessories, cultural rituals and ceremonies, sacred sites and artifacts, cultural practices and traditions, or cultural appropriation in fashion and popular culture. If you or someone you know may be experiencing this, it would be crucial to foster a climate of respect, understanding, and cultural sensitivity to avoid causing more harm or havoc. Or this could have nothing to do with the cultural aspects and just a past trauma that you have that sometimes gets triggered by unrelated cultural incidents. Nonetheless, with any trauma, it can be really detrimental if you have not processed and learned how to cope with your triggers. Learning how to identify your personal triggers and understanding their origins will require you to process the actual trauma that surrounds them. This is a valuable part of healing and moving forward. And if you're wondering how you can move forward from some of your traumas, I want to share with you some of my most popular tactics that I use with clients. Number one, self-reflection. Taking time to genuinely reflect on your emotional and physical reactions in different situations. Mindfulness plays a big part in this. When you are aware of what it feels like to be at your best, most calm and untriggered state, once something happens and brings you out of it, You can use that mindful awareness to help you identify what out-of-place thoughts, feelings, or actions exist. Self-reflecting can also be done in retrospect, looking back at your reactions, feelings, and thoughts in a situation where you might not have been able to self-explore in the moment, maybe because it wasn't a safe space. When you do get to a safe space, you can take the time to process what happened and make you think, feel, and act this way. It could be helpful to journal in a moment of reflection like this from past moments. Number two, educate yourself. Learn about trauma, triggers, and the impact of cultural appropriation. You can do this by listening to podcasts, reading trauma books, finding a trauma-based therapist. When you understand the context, the deeper meanings, power dynamics, and systemic issues at hand, it gives you better insight into your own trauma. 
This knowledge helps you to contextualize your own experiences and foster empathy and understanding. So before becoming a therapist, I was so emotionally unaware and unavailable. I didn't even recognize how bad I was until I was in my master's program. I remember listening to case studies in class and thinking, hmm, that sounds familiar. This is exactly how you are, Ariel. And from there on, I vowed to emotionally explore and gain better insight into who I am, my past traumas, and how they affect me, so that I can be a better mother, partner, friend, daughter, etc. Trauma is larger than just you. So whoever is out there suffering in silence because you feel you are fine and it doesn't affect anyone else, it does. Your children are watching you and learning habits. Your partner is on the receiving end of your unprocessed emotional bearings. Your relationships and friendships are lacking in preventable manners. Ways that can help you better build on that support system that you need. And my third coping strategy is the one that I use the most often with my clients called a trauma narrative. Now, this is something I would do with a trusted mental health professional because sometimes pieces come out and you might need help holding the feelings and emotions that arrive until you are ready to appropriately deal with them. Something really a trained professional can understand how to do for you. A trauma narrative is a written description of your entire traumatic event. It is a tool used to desensitize the negative feelings and emotions attached while simultaneously bringing in awareness to the effects of your current life so that we can target and begin to incorporate appropriate coping strategies to help you move forward. I strategically plan out our course, applying specific therapeutic techniques at each stage and slowly watching as my clients are able to gain power back little by little by opening up about these deep, dark hurts. And I give my clients the option to physically write this out or type this out. I've had success with both methods. It's just a point of personal preference. So throughout all of this, practicing self-care and compassion is so vital. You cannot do this successfully while being self-judgmental and critical of yourself. You cannot do this successfully if you are also not incorporating appropriate measures in your life outside of your moments of processing. Healing from trauma is a slow process. It is a hard process and usually not very fun, but the end result is so rewarding and I highly recommend that if this episode is resonating with you, perhaps you should explore the reason why. Coping looks different to each and every person. So like I just mentioned, find the time to take care of yourself, practicing self-compassion, engaging with your support system, practicing mindfulness and meditation, writing or using another expressive form to channel your emotions and find a peaceful place for expression. The funny thing about coping strategies is that it really is just whatever you need it to be. With that being said, I do want to bring awareness to unhealthy coping strategies such as drug or alcohol use, avoidance or denial, unhealthy eating habits, excessive sleeping, self-harm, or aggression. 
An unhealthy coping strategy is basically any pattern of behavior or a response that temporarily relieves or distracts you, but ultimately has negative consequences for one's mental, emotional, or physical well-being. Unhealthy coping strategies are typically maladaptive or dysfunctional and can exacerbate problems rather than effectively addressing or resolving them. We often indulge in negative coping strategies because they make us feel good in the immediate moment. But what it does is suppresses our feelings and emotions, creating that cycle of avoidance, which as we've previously discussed, it creates short-term relief, but long-term growth of our pain. Remember that episode on resilience? Emphasizing the need to push through tough things because they make you stronger? Processing through trauma creates resilience. As humans, we are destined to experience trauma. It is in our nature to respond to it accordingly. This is why we're so adaptable, because we have the innate characteristics to handle and move forward through adaptations. So we can learn to use your trauma as a learning experience, something that will shape you to become an even bigger and better you. If you are listening to this podcast, whether you're a wanderluster or an expat, you clearly already have a type of resiliency in you. So let's search for it and let's promote it to help push you further to accomplish all of your dreams and desires. Don't let trauma hold you back when there are ample opportunities out there to help you fight through it. And so whether you are dealing with a trauma that is connected to cultural appropriation in your new environment or just a trauma in general, remember that self-compassion is key. So fostering, understanding, and sensitivity to this experience will be key for adapting and moving forward. There are so many resources out there. You are not alone. I want any and everyone listening in to remember that everyone's healing journey is unique. It is okay to explore different coping strategies until you find what works best for you. It's also important to recognize that if your trauma symptoms persist or worsen, please consider reaching out to a mental health professional for additional support. You don't have to go through this unsupported. So I'm going to encourage you all to practice self-compassion after listening to today's episode. And in lieu of it, here's the expat exploration prompt, because it is going to be really good for us all to take a second and do some self-reflecting. So our prompt is, have you ever encountered a situation in your new cultural environment or any new environment that unexpectedly triggered a traumatic response? How did you navigate through that experience and what strategies did you find helpful in managing the emotions that arose? Use this journal prompt this week to guide you in whatever way your intuition leads you. So in conclusion, I want you guys to remember to be kind, be gentle, and treat and talk to yourself the same way that you would talk to one of your loved ones. 
Thank you so much for listening in to the Expat Therapist Podcast. For more tips and material, head over to my website at globaltransitions.co or my Instagram at theexpattherapist. Don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for more insights and inspiration on thriving in your global transition. I hope you are leaving feeling even just a little bit more empowered. And remember, there's never a good time, so just go all out and do it now. Mm